Hey, I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. And this is Doxologic, where we help you think with your Bible. Well, welcome back, and exciting to be uh, at it again with you, Scott. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing good fantastic. To see your face. Yes, good to see you. We don't see each other often enough. No. <laughs> we don't talk enough. Really looking forward to this uh, topic here because as we've been, as we've talked, uh, of course, many times, we do talk all the time, but talking about what is a very common struggle for people is the um, issue of how do I move on from sin in my life? Um, I know whether it's in formal counseling or, or it could be a small group setting, um, people struggling with how much they sin or yeah. feeling stuck. You feel stuck in sin. How do we avoid it uh, in the first place? How do we move on from it when we're stuck? Yeah. Well, uh, I would just say, let me join that crew of people. Uh, I certainly feel that. You, you've got, <laughs> if you look at my life, you know, the Lord's brought me so far along, but I definitely fall more on the side of sin tendencies being perfectionism. And that perfectionism has a tendency, the, the enemy can so easily use perfectionism because it mm, basically, yeah. you know, you've got the cross, you've got the grace of God, but then there's my standard. You know what I'm talking about, Chris? Sure do. It happens to be always higher than God because apparently I think my standards are higher than the Lord's. When I'm right. more spiritual than God, that's a problem. So the classic uh, <laughs> phrase that you hear is something along the lines of, I know God forgives me, but... I don't forgive myself. Forgive myself. Chris, I've never said that before. Well, good for you. I'm just kidding. That makes I've one said person. it many, many times. So yeah, uh, we want to get into this because there's a lot of uh, answers in God's Word about, again, how would we avoid getting stuck in that? And then how would we also, when we do feel stuck in sin, how do we move on from sin in our life? And this, uh, we hope, is a very um, just biblically rich and also encouraging time. And so as I think about First um, John chapter 1 as an example where you might go. The promise here from 1 John 1, 7, uh, 1 John 1, 7, it says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from all sin. I'm going to read eight and nine as well. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, how easy it is to, again, we'll speak personally before I even talk about other people, to read those verses and the many like them and technically believe it's true. Sure. But then not to um, move forward to really what I'll call appropriate it in my heart mm -hmm. and and live from the truth, but to I live to my own higher standard. Well, absolutely. I mean, here's the, here's the issue with the verse like that. I feel like that's a memorizable verse. Not every Christian, but a lot of Christians have that memorized. So sure. we know it, but are we living it? That's the issue. And I feel like hopefully what we'll get to today is some ways of being able to break that down, right? Because immediately, here's a couple of things that come to my mind as you say that. First thing is, do I got to confess every sin I ever commit? 
I mean, that's going to get me all, all day. And what, what if I forget one, Chris? I mean, I, I'm, am I going to hell for that? Like, right. I mean, people really think that and believe that. And so we, we got to understand just kind of how to see something like confessing and to confess rightly and to understand, you know, what that looks like. I'll, I'll just add one thing to answer that question briefly and then pass it back. But it is to say that 1 Corinthians 4, Paul's talking about being judged. And he says it like this, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. Hmm. In other words, right. to the best of his knowledge, everything that he's need to address with the Lord, he has addressed with the Lord. But he's not guilt-stricken, conscience-stricken over, have I confessed every last thing as far as anything's come to mind that he is aware of? He has confessed it, which means he's walking in a clear conscience. And mm, I think what we're good. trying to get to with with this episode, how do you walk with a clear conscience after you sin without beating yourself up for days, right. weeks? Because it becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah. Uh, you end up um, somewhere in the middle of or vacillating back and forth uh, self-hatred, uh, um, accusations against yourself about, oh, I always do this and I'm no good and I just can't get out of it. And this, those self-hatred stuff to self-pity. Yep. It's not my fault. Right. If I didn't have these relationships in my life, if I wasn't prone to be doing these things or I, um, I, th I think these thoughts and it's not my fault type of thing, we go, we go self-pity and we go self-hatred. And it's so easy to to do both, yeah. and we get we get stuck, and we end up in this vicious cycle. Um, if, if I stayed on the um, confession concept here, of, of well, do I have to confess every sin? Um, Confess every sin that you believe God's made you aware of. Yeah. If you know that in your heart it's a sin of unbelief or a sin of pride or a sin um, where you just have, have a, a lack of love, almost like a, a, a dispassionate hatred towards somebody or something, you need to confess that to the Lord. But what I love about 1 John 1, if we confess our sins, to confess is to agree with God, mm -hmm. is to say the same. To say the same, We're right. saying the same. Um, I'm agreeing that what God says is sin is sin in my life. And so the first step, how do I break free? Uh, or how do I avoid getting in that stuck place? Come to the place and do it regularly, where you're agreeing with God on what He says about what sin is. And then... The promise is who God is. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I can can remember um, the first time I really was had this highlighted to me, faithful and just. I would naturally think faithful and merciful to forgive me. But because of the work of Jesus, God the Father's justice is, in a sense, on the line to make good on the promise that for all who confess the name of Jesus and believe that He is Lord and died for our sins and rose for our salvation, um, He's faithful mm. to forgive, but He's just to do so. Mm. Um, it's not only His mercy, it is His mercy, but because of the work of Jesus, it's His justice that ensures we know He will fully forgive. It's so good. It's so interesting, too. You've talked about perspectives. <laughs> I just kept thinking, pride, pride, self-hatred, self-pity, pride goes back to the garden, all these connections, we're walking in the same things. There's really nothing new there. Right. Um, man, th there's just such a pride in each one of us that um, we want to make that confession something we accomplish 
even though we've trusted in Jesus as Christians. It's very, very weird. But the thing that stands out mm. about what you said is that God is faithful. It's God that's doing the work. It's you trusting in what God has done, specifically through his son, Jesus, right? right. that's hard to do when you've talked about self-hatred and (laughs) self-pity, pride, lots of self-focus. Sure. With so much self-focus, it just makes sense that if you got yourself into that mess, though you're not taking credit for it, you're going to try to get yourself out. The same pride that got you to deflect in the beginning is also the same pride that'll lead you to setting up a standard higher than God's standard. So you just yep. sit in your own condemnation. You should be better than that. Um, some of the things that I have, I've heard in my own head, the thoughts in my head is, really, you've been a Christian for this long, and you, you still dealing with still that. You're still dealing with yep. that. You yep. still that haunts people, Chris. I mean, that legitimately haunts people. And right. and there's such a freedom in Christ, but it, it needs to transition from you're faithful to get yourself out of that mess. You're not. You weren't. That's why you had to come to Christ in the foot of the cross Amen. where right. you were made whole. He's faithful, and he's just love what you said about just, the so, justice of God. So considering or continuing from confessing of our sins to repentance, and not to draw too uh, necessarily big of a difference between the two, because they do need to go together. Um, one thing I just pastorally have told I can't even count how many people now, is to bring your repentant prayer into a place of thankfulness for the gospel. That I find when I feel um, restless or or not quite done, I, I'm confessing and admitting my wrong and asking for forgiveness, but I f- I'm failing to maybe appropriate once again the promise that the forgiveness is full in Christ, mm-hmm. and that I can, even in a repentant prayer, I can rejoice that this is why Jesus came. He came to die for sinners. He didn't come uh, for the healthy before the sick. And he came to bring those uh, to himself who would confess their need, uh, who who he would, of course, draw to himself right through his person and his work. But we can we can get to a thankful place, and I find that the more I am thankfully repentant, the more I'm able to get up, maybe literally from my couch in the morning as I'm spending time in devotions and I'm, I'm thinking about like yesterday or sin or something. I'm able to get up and have a confidence because I'm I'm like a thankful repenter. Hmm. I need to turn. And yet I need to be thankful for the fact that Christ's work is that full. Well, I'm thankful for that idea. (laughs) In this sense, Chris, repentance and a thankfulness, you know, tied together, that immediately makes me go, repentance is granted to us as a gift. And it separates itself in that sense from penitence. Repentance mm. and penitence is not the same. Go on. So uh, the the distinction would be that uh, penitence is one of the Catholic sacraments. It's one of the. Uh, it's basically essentially uh, a form of works to get yourself when you're kind of knocked off the pedestal. This is how we live, by the way. This is sadly so often how we live. I'll say it because it's so often how I have lived. How human. How human yeah, it is right. as Christians to feel like, okay, I'm on this uh, pedestal, Chris, and I've been so, so obedient to the Lord in all these ways. And then when you get knocked off the pedestal, my immediate thought is climb back up, climb back up, climb back up. I'm going to do right. the work. Penitence is that work that you do to try to get back into God's good graces, essentially. Yep, just going to say that. Versus you already have it. 
God grants it to you as a gift. So repentance, and this is what I had to start realizing, and you tie, you hit it on the head when you said thankfulness, is the change for me began to happen when I began to be a lot more happy, I should say, when I was confessing my sin, not that I wasn't mourning over my sin, sure. but the moment that you make that shift to thanksgiving because of the gospel, I was immediately just going, this is it. Christ did not die for all the sins up until this point. Neither did Christ die to kind of, you know, help me, um, you know, basically ground zero at that moment. But everything else is on you, man. So if you yeah. fall off that pedestal, climb back up there yourself. It's, That's it, not what happened. We live, uh, I, I, I'm convinced many people live, whether consciously or not, some form of belief that God is looking at them, having um, forgiven them, and kind of saying, don't make me regret the forgiveness I just gave you. Totally. Right? And how uh, how earthly <laughs> is that father, someone's dad in there? How, how totally. earthly father is that in so many of our experiences? But even if it's not, um, I, I had a, a have a, a very encouraging and, and present father, and always, always have, but I can relate to that sense of like um, believing that God's forgiveness brings me back to zero, yep. brings me back to even, as opposed to the full righteousness of Christ being mine from which I need to live, right? But thinking that he might regret uh, allowing me to be forgiven through Jesus, mm. as opposed to he He rejoices in heaven when a sinner turns to, to Christ his Son, and uh, we can walk in that freedom. Even when we continue to fall as Christians, we need to, we need to fight uh, um, through, through thankful repentance and confession, which is, again, agreeing with God about the sin that He calls it. We need to name it, uh, name it, claim it. This is this is mine. Yeah. I'm responsible there for this. There you go, some prosperity there, theology right in your uh, repentance. Uh, that's good. Name, name and claim <laughs> that one, all right? There you go. That this is my sin, and, and, and even if I know that it was um, sin done against me, for which I then sinned in response, I don't. I, I need to take responsibility for me. Right, and my own sinful responses to even when I'm sinned against, and, and come to the Lord asking for forgiveness, not because if we don't do it right enough or passionate enough, we might not right, get it. Right. But How hard did you ask for it? We come in security. <laughs> Yeah. We come from a place of that forgiveness, and it's that recognition um, that it's already all been done. Mm -hmm. And just and and this can sound quite simple, but it turns out so many of the things that we need so desperately as we mature is is pretty straightforward. Oh yeah, huge. Well, there you go, uh, all of our folks uh, listening to this, uh, Chris's version of prosperity theology. Name, <laughs> Name it, it and claim it. it. <laughs> but it. I love it. I, I think you got to own it. I mean, you got to own it. You're not going to be able to truly um, experience the grace of repentance without owning your sin. So I, I think that's, that's, that's huge. That's, and it's built into the gospel. What a privilege. And, and here's another thing is... Um, we want to make sure we don't truncate the gospel and our understanding of what actually happened at the cross, right? Where we okay. our forgiveness was purchased, but we're justified by faith. And that faith is the is, is what brings about the gift of of Christ's imputed righteousness to your account. Sure, which right. you have, covering all your sins, past, present, and future, giving you the full body of work of Christ's righteousness, such that when God looks at you, he sees you like he sees Jesus. Yeah. Right, that's it, it's a it's a it's a small turn, but a vital turn from um, what you just said, past, present, and future. 
there's a tendency at times to say, well, he must know I'm going to sin. And I walk around fearful yeah. of, of I'm probably going to sin today. And I walk around fearful of what are those future sins? As opposed to, I, I think the point is to have a confidence mm-hmm. that when I do, yeah. I will turn, I will I will confess, and I will repent, I'll turn back to the Lord, because He's already paid for it. Right. And so it really ought to produce a, a day-to-day confidence, not a day-to-day paralysis, but it's just so small. No, we I just got to ask the Lord's help and grace to get us to that place where it's a confidence builder to know that those future sins that I can't, I mean, I can probably predict some, but can't do all of them. He knows them all. And that's exactly why his son came. Yep. And just that level of like, I mean, that probably sounds like preaching to yourself. No. Because it is. Right. And it's that, it and that's be. the self-talk. It's that gospel self-talk that gets us out of that vicious cycle. Oftentimes between self-pity and self-hatred, it gets us stuck in these sins, not coming to God, not sure about the forgiveness that was bought for us in Christ. Um, that is full and final. I'll give you an example of how this plays out. Let, let me just say that there there have been times in my life where I've literally started the day, Chris, and I thought, if I can like, it's a tightrope, but if I can like nail this first meeting and get through this and then talk about this and, and, and get my way around that, I can get through my whole day scot-free. Scot-free. You like That's that? That's a little play on words. That is... Continue. So, so you have this, you have this, thank you, Chris. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Recover. So, no, no, this is good. I, I like this. So you have, so you have this idea. There's almost an aver. I'm, what I'm saying is, I'm trying to nail it. Right. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know why? Because I, I, I don't think about what you're saying. This, this, how to repent well, how to leave your sin behind, um, how to frame it like you framed it. How we've tried to frame it in this conversation. And so what I'd rather do is I just don't even want to deal with it. Like repentance is seen mm, as this yeah. bad thing. Like, oh, you're in the doghouse now if you're having to repent. Very somber. Right, um, right, right, yeah. right. And I mean, it, and to tie it into, you know, let's go some little church history here. Martin Luther has some pretty serious comments about how he hated God because he thought that's what God was like. Sure. Just every time you're back in the woodshed with the Lord, you should have known better all this stuff. How come you couldn't navigate life without sinning again, you know, all this stuff. And then was so released of the burden when he realized it was paid for in full. Mm, when he realized repentance good. is actually a place you you want to run to. Not You don't want to sin, but when you sin, you're going, yes, I get to repent. It is a gift. When we start to celebrate that that's the whole point and reason and, and, and encouragement behind why Christ died and what he paid, purchased for us that we get to lay hold of in our moments of sin, man, I it changes the game. You stop worrying about, uh, uh, I better not, uh, oh, I almost I almost sinned there. That was close. That kind of mentality. Totally. Maybe we end here. Uh, Hebrew, Hebrews 4, again, <laughs> uh, often well-known verses that just don't get in uh, to our hearts where they need to. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And here it is. Let us then, all that being considered, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
It's that throne of grace that we oftentimes don't truly believe that we're walking into. We, right. we think of repentance uh, as being in the doghouse, right. and a somber thing, and all this stuff. I got to do it right. It's like, no, you're walking up to the throne of grace again and again and again. It's always the throne of grace for God's people. And, and when we doubt that, we are doubting so many things about the goodness and character of God. But we have to, uh, again, fight for the belief that this is exactly where we're walking into when we pray, is a throne room of grace. Absolutely. Encouraged by that. Encouraged by this conversation, getting to flush this out a little bit. Um, let's do this again. Agreed. You want to do this again? Till next time, y'all. Till next time. We'll see you guys. You've been listening to Doxologic, a podcast by Doxa Church in Rockland, California. To learn more, visit doxachurch.net.